we just want to go to God in prayer and thank him for this day. So will you pray with me? God Almighty, we come to you with grateful, full hearts this morning. Because we are gathered in this place together as followers of Jesus to say this day, out of all the days of the Christian year, this day is the day of celebration. Yes, Christmas is wonderful. Yes, the other parts of the year are wonderful. But Easter is the day that it all comes together. Because we believe that Christ is risen from the dead. And because He lives, we can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. And so we are so grateful to be in this place this morning. I am thankful for every single person in this place. Some new friends, some old friends. But all of us here to say... Thank you, Lord. God, as we gather in this place, we know that all of us, we have messed up in, in some form or fashion this week. There have been times in which we have lived as though Christ is not alive. And we're sorry for that. We ask you to forgive us the things that we have done and left undone the things that we have said and left unsaid, the ways that we have harmed ourselves and others, please forgive us and renew us during this worship hour. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Take our sin as far as the east is from the west and renew us so that as we go from this place today, we might be the hands and feet of Jesus for the world who needs to know that He is alive. Because you're counting on us. You're counting on us, even though we make mistakes. And we want to be faithful to that. Lord, we also come to this place with many burdens on our hearts this morning. Some of us have come to this place hoping for an Easter miracle. Looking for a touch of your hand that just goes beyond all logic. Because we have sick family and friends. Some of us are sick. We ourselves are sick. Some of us desperately need work. Some of us need uh, relationships restored. Uh, all kinds of burdens that we carry this morning. And, and, and part of what Jesus on the cross and dying and being raised again means for us is that we can bring these burdens to you and lay them at the foot of the altar, and you take them. And so we're just going to call out this morning names, situations, things that are heavy on our hearts because we don't want that to hinder us this morning from receiving what you have for us as we worship you. So as we call these out, we pray that, Lord, you would hear our prayer. Ellie Wise. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lynn, Jennifer, and Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Brother John Mother Charlotte. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Brian Turner. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Critical family. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. My mother and 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Prayer for the family of Paul Driggers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. 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 A prayer of thanksgiving for everyone here today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Unspoken, please. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Our building. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, as you can tell, we have many concerns, some great, some small, but all incredibly important to you, and we are thankful for that. We thank you that you have heard our prayer, even the ones that have not been formed this morning, the prayers that are just stuck deep within us that we don't even know how to voice. We thank you that you hear those as well. We thank you that you are always working on our behalf. While we are asleep, you are not. While we are resting, you never rest. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God, we worship you this morning. Jesus, we praise you. Thank you for coming and dying on the cross for us. Thank you for coming back to life and presenting yourself to us so that we might have hope. Holy Spirit, we thank you for filling us with the presence of Christ in our hearts and minds. We ask that you bless us as we worship you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Roy, I'm going to invite Roy and the children up. Y'all come on. We're going to have a good time this morning. Ooh, it's good to see everybody. Y'all come on down. Have a seat. Y'all have a seat. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. Oh, uh, I know where some is. I know where some is. Oh, there's some. Can we give that up? All right, good. And it's it's when we finish, we're gonna go there. Okay, guys? Good morning. It's good to see everybody. How are y'all doing? What is today? Easter. Easter, 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 Easter. What? Oh, what now? The story about Jesus. What? What is it that happens at Easter? Jesus was on the cross. He was dead. They put him in the tomb, and in three days he rose from the grave. What in the world does that mean to us today? That was a long time ago. What does that mean? Not millions. It was uh, how many years ago now? 2,000 years ago or something like that. Almost 2,000 years. Long time ago. Long time ago. Close to 2,000 years. Wow. What does that mean for us today? Anybody have an idea? So, here's what I'm going to suggest it has to do today. Tell me about this glass of water. Tell me about it. What do you know about it? Is it? What is it? It's water. It's what? Water. What about it? It's half full or is it half empty? It's half full or it's half It's half empty maybe, yeah. Probably both. Maybe half empty. Huh, both half empty and half full. 
that means either either I have some water to drink or I don't have as much water as I might need. Huh. What, what could I do? I, I may not have enough water. I know I don't have enough water for the whole worship service because they're going to make us sing again, and Jimmy's going to preach forever, and we know that. So not forever, no, no, no. We'll all get to go, what am I going to do? Where in the world could I get some more water? See, I'd suggest to you that this is neither half nor empty, nor is it half full. It's water. It's a glass waiting to be filled up again. I wonder, I wonder do you think we could figure out where there might be some water? Over there. Over there. I bet Pastor Jimmy might know where there's some water. Because you know, do you know what he knows? He knows that there's a faucet where he can get more water. So even if that to find pitcher, this under my seat. Even if this pitcher, even if this pitcher, well, wait a minute. Let's see you do that again. That's all there is. There's no more water. Oh, wait, wait a minute. There's more water. Wait, 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 wait. Guess what? Pastor Jimmy knows that even if I finish this glass of water and another one, another one, and used up all that, he knows that there's more water because he knows where the faucet is. Yeah. That's what Easter is all about, really. I know where the faucet is. The faucet is God's love. The faucet is Jesus. The faucet is God's grace that sets me free. free. Jesus, exactly. Jesus, that's what Easter means. Would you all agree? Jesus is Lord, Jesus loves us, and there's never a way there's not enough for us. Okay? Yes, sir. They're wrong. That's exactly right. That's exactly because it's all about God's loving us so much that that glass will never be empty. That glass will never be empty. Let's pray. Y'all pray with me. Dear God. Dear God. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. For Jesus. For Jesus. Who loves us so much. He came into the world. He died for us. And was raised for us. And that means there's always enough love for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning. As we turn to the scriptures this morning, folks, we have made it almost to the very end of the Gospel of Matthew. We are in chapter 28. God, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as these scriptures are read and a word is proclaimed, we might receive with joy what you have for us today. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. 
he is not here. For he has been raised, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. A word from God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God, may the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. So it is Resurrection Sunday, y'all. This is uh, one of the most famous stories uh, just about everybody has heard in some form or fashion that Jesus came back from the dead. And one of the challenges for pastors every Easter Sunday is to come up with something fresh and new while still telling the story. You want to hear the familiar story, but you also want to get something new out of it. And so that's the challenge that we have as pastors each Easter that comes around. And this week I've been meditating on this scripture from Matthew, Matthew's version of this story. And I've been thinking about miracles and asking myself, what? What is a miracle exactly? When you think of the word miracle, what is it? The Roman Catholic Church, when they're verifying miracles, they define a miracle as a divine event that has no natural or scientific explanation, which is probably how I would think of it. Maybe you too. When I think of a miracle, it's something unexplainable. But then I was thinking about all the marvelous things in our universe that are completely natural Uh, completely scientific, explainable, and yet I would still classify them as miracles. You know, the sun comes up each and every morning. I would say that's a miracle. If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, you might say that is a miracle. I've stood there and looked at the vastness of this hole in the earth, and I went, that's a miracle. I was fortunate to be present for the birth of all four of my children, They were all miraculous. I felt the presence of God each and every time one of my children was born. I would say all of creation, in fact, is a miracle. One of the things that scientists can't tell us is why is there something rather than nothing? Because something is miraculous. That's why. What about the purpose of miracles? Why do miracles exist? Uh, One theologian said, well, miracles exist to increase our faith. And I thought, Maybe, but then we also know that there are worlds and galaxies far beyond our vision that we have no comprehension of the properties, the colors, maybe the even life forms that exist on these. They're so far out there. We will never, ever, ever see them. How can they increase our faith if we never see them? I've read this story of the resurrection of Jesus In all four Gospels, for many years, I've looked at all of them, I've read them, studied them. But this was the first time I think it really dawned on me 
that the women who visited the tomb that morning were told in, in Matthew, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, we don't know who the other Mary was, but these two women, it dawned on me, they didn't actually witness the miracle of resurrection. They didn't witness it. Now, I know that we just saw a lovely video uh, and in that lovely video at the end, the rock rolls away and we saw a hand come out. Sometimes we come across pictures maybe like this. Uh, David, if you'll pull those up. You know, we've got a picture of Jesus walking out of the tomb and the guards are uh, fainted on the ground. Here's another one. Jesus has knocked the door off of the tomb and everybody is laying as though they are dead men in front of him. One more. Here's the angel uh, putting a, a, a robe on Jesus and all the guards have fainted there. The door is rolled away. We see these images, but according to Matthew, that's not actually what happened. The text tells us that when they got to the tomb, the angel rolled away the stone, not so that Jesus could leave the tomb, but so that they could look inside and verify he was not there. Which makes me think that the miracle of the dead man coming back to life happened before the stone was rolled away. We don't know when. Maybe in the middle of the night. Quietly. Invisibly. Secretly. It means that the guards, at least for some portion of their watch, were guarding an empty tomb. <laughs> Figure that. You see, the women who visited the empty tomb that morning, about 2,000 years ago, did not witness the miracle of resurrection. They simply stumbled upon the location of it and saw signs that perhaps a miracle has occurred in this place. Which leads me to believe that the purpose of miracles is not just to increase our faith, but that miracles are simply God going about God's business, doing God-like things secretly, quietly, invisibly. Which makes me wonder, how many other things is God doing all around us that we have yet to see? I'm a fan of science. I don't claim to understand it. Uh, I read about it, but I'm not a scientist. But I do know that in the 1920s and 1930s, a, a new realm uh, of science kind of appeared, and that was the study of Quantum physics. You all know quantum physics? Quantum meaning tiny things, really, really small things. We had set our sights on big things, but in the 20s and 30s, we narrowed down to the smallest of smallest things and began to study them. And what we discovered is that the rules that big things follow and that we can calculate and measure and know the smallest things do not follow those same rules, and it baffled scientists, and we have been studying it ever since. For instance, did you know that the building blocks of all matter, 
atoms and subatomic particles, they can exist in multiple places at one time. They can exist in multiple states at one time. We call this superposition, meaning that a photon can be here and can also be over here at the same time. It means that electrons can spin this way and also spin this way at the same time. Now, if that's blowing your mind, you understand why I'm interested in this stuff. Because I don't know how that works. How can something be in both places at the same time? It, it would be like if you took a subatomic quarter and flipped it, and it somehow landed on heads and tails at the same time. What would that look like? Right? We, we don't even know how to compute this. We can't even imagine in our minds what heads and tails at the same time would mean. But we know that this is how the quantum world works. And the crazy thing is, when we go to look at it, we can only see one position at one time. Meaning if you look at that subatomic quarter, it's either going to be heads or tails. But when you're not looking at it, it's both. That, like, how is that even possible? How is that possible? I came across this pic right here. See, there's going to be an information desk in heaven. Um, can you help me? I still don't understand quantum theory. Still don't understand it, right? And yet here, here's the thing. The universe has always had this phenomenon, right? Superposition has always been true. The quantum world has always worked this way. We just didn't know it until the 1920s. It existed, we just didn't know it. God has always been in the business of creating a universe in which the smallest things defy our logic. And we just now found out about it. It's kind of like the resurrection defies our logic, right? With our modern brains, like dead, dead people don't come back to life. So I'm going to need some proof. I'm going to need something so that my brain can compute this. You know, the empty tomb is still there in Jerusalem. Anybody been to Jerusalem? It's still there. I've never visited, but I've seen pictures of it. The site of this tomb goes back to about 100 years after Jesus, so we're pretty sure this is the right place. Right? Pilgrims have been coming to inspect the empty tomb for almost 2,000 years. You know, you can go to Jerusalem. You can pay for the tour. You can go see it yourself if you want to. It's the same invitation that was given to the women that morning. They didn't see Jesus rise from the dead. The angel just rolled back the stone and said, Here, be the first to take the tour. The tomb is empty. It's the same invitation that any of us, if we want to spend time and money, we too could go and inspect the empty tomb. Now, you say, yes, but the women encountered the risen Christ on their way to the disciples. He appeared. That is true. But for the bulk of Christians for 2,000 years, this is all we've gotten. This is it. 
the empty tomb. See it for yourself and make a determination. Can the empty tomb be enough? Can the empty tomb be enough to believe that miracles might just be happening all around us? That miracles exist? That God is constantly in the business of performing miracles silently and secretly and invisibly? Sometimes giving us a glimpse at His work, sometimes keeping it invisible until He's ready to reveal it. You know, St. Paul told the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 2.9, he said, No eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. You can't even comprehend it. Just like you can't comprehend a quarter, both on heads and tails. There are things yet to be revealed you cannot comprehend. But God has prepared them for those that love him. And I guess that's what faith is. Because we, we gather into this place on Easter morning. And some of us are here going, I, I just can't, I can't believe that. I just can't believe that a dead man came to life. And really came out of that tomb before the rock even was rolled away. Like the magic trick, right? The magician goes into the box and they close the door and open it and he's gone. Like I just can't believe that. Others of us here, we have believed it our whole lives, and we continue to believe it. But faith really is choosing to live as though there is so much more to uncover. Choosing to live as though there are things we can't comprehend. That miracles are the hidden things around us. Living as though... God might just be doing some awesome things, working toward our good, always. And occasionally, occasionally, a few of us might be privileged enough to glimpse some of these things. But for the most of us, at best, life offers an empty tomb to go see for yourself. And then you have to decide... As you gaze at the empty tomb, you have to decide, is it possible that I have stumbled upon the sight of one of God's beautiful mysteries or have I been deceived? Am, am I uh, being proven as a naive, superstitious fool? Because I don't want to be a fool. I don't want to be made to look like an idiot. But see, what Easter offers us here is a chance to grab onto some foolish hope. Isn't that awesome? And here's the foolish hope. If we have stumbled upon a sight of one of God's beautiful mysteries, that means that death now has an expiration date. I like that. Death has an expiration date. It means we can dare to hope that we don't have to be afraid anymore. It means we can dare to hope that somehow, someway, somewhere, our loved ones that have gone on before us 
are not gone. And maybe by chance we might just get to see them again. That's the crazy foolish hope of Easter. Because Jesus has been to the other side and back again to tell us it's going to be okay. So as I meditate on this this year, as I think about miracles and empty tombs and what most of us really get, I want to live my life as though the empty tomb actually means something. If that's all I ever get, I want to choose to live with that hope that maybe something happened in that place and that the pilgrims that have been visiting this place for almost 2,000 years have been given the same invitation as the women that morning. And that it means something. And my prayer for you is that if you come to this place looking for a miracle, hoping that maybe you might see God today, that God is all around us all the time, and there are things that you don't even see even as you sit here, God is working. That's what Easter means to me. Let's pray. God, thank you for the empty tomb. We would like to see the living Christ, absolutely sure. But we'll take the empty tomb, and we're thankful for that. And as we ponder that, help us to cling to hope. Hope that there is more to the story. Things that defy our logic, things beyond all understanding. Give us the hope that death is not the end, that we don't have to be afraid that Jesus has gone before us and we can boldly face that, knowing that there's more to the story. We trust you. We trust you and we choose to live this way. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Will you all grab the hand of the person next to you and receive this Easter blessing. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May you know today that you are perfectly loved, completely forgiven, and uniquely empowered. Now you're called to go out into the world and live as a faithful child of God. Guess what, folks? You're going to make some mistakes this week. Because we all do. But Easter Sunday tells us that God's love for us is not based on our performance because Jesus did that while we were yet sinners. That proves how God feels about us. God's nature is love, and by grace, He looks at us and says, y'all are nothing but the best of the best of the best. And I think if you could leave here with just a pinch of that hope, it would change everything this week. So my prayer for you is that you receive that and that you go from this place in peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.